Welcome to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. I hope everyone out there is having a great week. I hope everyone is doing the best they can to be happy and healthy. I just want to let you all know that if you're listening to this on its release day, so May 1st, well, May 1st is also yours truly's birthday. And I hate to beg, but for my birthday, I'd love it if you could do something to show your support. And if you could share this podcast with someone who you think may enjoy it, that would be fantastic. And if you listen to me on Apple, leaving a five-star review would also help tremendously. All right, so this week I don't have an interview, but I do have some goodies to share with you. I love goodies, so I hope you do too. Because I live in Central Texas, I am in San Marcos quite a bit. And they are home to one of my favorite trail systems, the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance, SMGA. They're a nonprofit group of amazing, hardworking individuals that maintain one of my favorite day hikes. There are three total nature parks that they're all over on top of and responsible for, but the one I'm going to talk about on this episode is Purgatory Creek Nature Trail. I love it so much, and I almost don't want to tell you about it. So if you visit, please leave it the way you found it, or better, or I'll come find you and I'll give you nasty faces like the person who made some nasty remarks on Facebook just a bit ago. (laughs) People are just ready to be able to move around freely. People are getting really upset. I get it. I get it. A lot of frustration out there. In my second segment, I'm going to do a little follow-up review for a pair of shoes I haven't actually reviewed before. I just waited about four months to talk about them because I've definitely, I have a different opinion about them today than I did when I first bought them. It's my review of the Astral TR1 Mesh Trail Runner shoes. I'll also be featuring the review um, on an upcoming YouTube video, so If you look for the Texas Trailhead on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe. I'll leave a link in the description. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead podcast. Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. So I can't see anybody, but by a show of hands, who else is uh, dealing with some pretty gnarly allergies? I'll wait. I'll wait for everyone's responses. Okay, just me. Awesome. So uh, just a little heads up. I'm a little under the weather while I'm recording this. I have what scientists call the sniffles. It's a very, very specialized scientific term. So bear with me. I may be breathing in through my nose and it might be a little obnoxious, but I'm going to do my best to bring you that quality podcast entertainment that you've come to expect from the Texas Trailhead. 
And a side note, I do not have some fancy podcast making studio where all of the magic happens. I just have the office, which is in the front of my house. I record this from home. I know it's a little, little disappointing, a little, little pulling back of the curtain, if you will. But we get these real mouse hair plastic mice. So the, the, the body is plastic and it has these little like beads in it. But the outside is real mouse hair. And my cat loves them. And he just got a new a new batch, if you will. And one of them is still kind of roaming around the living room. So if you hear some random sounds in the background, uh, sorry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to redo this. <laughs> I'm not going to redo this episode. Keeping it real. I got a new, well, not a new, it was on the other side of the house. It's this, there is a really awesome succulent farm, I guess is what you'd call it. Store, succulent store. East Austin Succulents, to be more specific. And they have this separate section that if you pick out a succulent and you pick out a pot, they'll pot it for you and add all these cool little crystals and stuff. So I got one about a year ago, and it's this... I'm looking at it right now, if you can hear me moving stuff around. It's three small cacti, which represents how many people are in... My family, me, my wife, and my daughter. And I wanted something that... I wanted some plant life to look at while I've been working in my Austin... Austin, working in the office a little bit more. I've I've had the opportunity to spend a lot more time working on the website and the podcast and content, etc., as I'm currently on furlough at the time of me recording this. So... I wanted something that I could look at, and then instead of buying something new, I realized I have this plant that has been in our master bedroom with some really good sunlight. You don't really appreciate how good the sunlight is until you bring that plant into your office where you're really excited, and the window's open, the blinds are open, and, and it's not that bright. So I don't know how long this plant is going to live in front of me. I don't know how how much sunlight this plant actually really needs, but it gets a lot of sunlight where I where I pulled it, so I might move it back. Another bit of random news. Like I just mentioned, we just have our one child. If you watch any of my YouTube videos, you've probably seen her already. Her name's Sophia. And she's 10 and she's it's just her. There's, she doesn't have any siblings. And today, maybe some of the other parents can relate, but today she was a little down. She she hasn't been able to talk to any of her friends besides her kind of twice a week Zoom chats with her, her classmates and her teacher. And And today, Mama had a lot of work to do, and I was pretty busy, and we were trying to balance our time. but. Towards the end of the day, she was just getting really kind of frustrated. So that she was playing by the, by herself in the room kind of a lot more today than normal. And 
she was just really sad about that. So her and I are going to go on a trip on Friday. I've been pretty mindful about not going to any parks quite yet. I just haven't really been ready, but this is a trip that we take this time of year for the last two years. So this will be our third year in a row. And I'm not going to give out all the details just yet because I want to talk about it in an upcoming episode if all goes well. But if you've listened to me from the very beginning, so from episode one, you might have an idea as to what I'm going to be talking about because it's a really special place for me and her. So I'm looking forward to that, just having a full day. So essentially, I'm uh, having her skip school because she does have a school schedule during the day that we are we 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 like to stick to pretty pretty strictly. I mean, I, I'm the type of person that really needs some structure, and and my wife is is working from home right now, and her job keeps her kind of busy, anyways. But for me, filling my time and I definitely have certain things I need to knock out at certain times of day. We take lunch at the same time every day. I really need that structure, and it helps kind of keep her on her schedule too. But today she was just really kind of sad about not having anyone else really to play with. And uh, for all the parents out there, you know, this isn't this isn't easy, and the teachers are doing the best they can, but, you know, it's not something that, is easy to figure out and maneuver. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces, especially if one or both parents are are working. It just makes things a little bit tougher. So I feel you sending out some big virtual hugs to everyone out there that's going through this, but, you know, still trying what they, what the best they can to, to be safe and be healthy and be happy. So Without further ado, I want to get into what my hiking topic is for this week. I don't have an interview. I have one scheduled for next week that I'll hopefully have on the episode after this. But what I want to talk to you is a place that I actually just visited pretty recently. I did mention I haven't been to any of the state parks, but I do have a few regional parks that are are open just always. Well, they weren't for Easter weekend, but they were open backed up after the fact and it's a place that's pretty open and pretty spread out and I, it wasn't very hard to keep my social distance but it's a nonprofit organization out of San Marcos that I really really like and I really want y'all to look into further it's the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance and the SMGA is responsible for 3 pretty sizable parks in town. The Shoal Canyon Natural Area, which is the smallest one, Spring Lake Natural Area, which is probably my favorite visually, and then the one I'm going to talk to you about today is Purgatory Natural Area, which is the one I'm at the most just because the trails are a lot easier to get in the miles that I want. And it's probably the most popular in the area too. So these are public natural areas, so they're not parks. There are, just to get it out of the way, there is no camping at any of these places. But the Purgatory Natural Area is on the south-southern part of San Marcos. 
Um, so you have Highway 35 that runs north and south. It runs from Laredo, Texas to Minnesota. And it goes through San Marcos. And the Purgatory Natural Area is off of Wonderworld and Hunter Road. So just west of 35. And what's neat about Purgatory is it was built... I don't I don't have any of the historical notes in front of me, but just from reading it and visiting, it was built as basically a big kind of watershed to help with the flooding in the area. So when there's extensive rain, all of the water kind of makes its way out there. So there are some areas where you'll see some cool drainage systems in place, and you can definitely tell some of the land and some of the creeks that go through there that are more intended for when the water comes in. And that being said, the last time I was there, and every once in a while, after a good rain, you can definitely see some of the creek areas that are at this park. And to get to my point, they're currently working on a bridge project that is going to help one of the main trails so you can kind of keep going on its path. Because right now, when you... Are are all right. So to back up a little bit, there are two entrances. There is the one I just told you about. So Hunter Road and Wonderworld is probably the entrance that most people frequent. And then there's one on Ranch Road Twelve, which is part of the Upper Purgatory. So there's the Lower Purgatory and then the Upper Purgatory, and and that entrance is going to be the one that. I guess it's used by people. There's apartment complexes. There's a lot of student housing, and there's a new neighborhood that's opening up there on the upper purgatory. And that's just, a, they're all going to kind of go the same. It's up and down. But the lower purgatory is the one I'm talking about right now. And there is a lot more water from Purgatory Creek that flows through there that tends to flood out a lot easier. And when it rains, you have to kind of go not really that far out of the way. You definitely have to go a little bit out of the way to kind of get to some of the main parts of the trail. That crinkling sound is the map. I'm looking at it right in front of me. The The trail system is pretty extensive. There's going to be trails for kind of all varieties they also use the mountain biking difficulty rating and this is definitely a really popular mountain bike park so when the school is is fully functioning <laughs> when class is back in session from texas state university you definitely see a lot more mountain bike traffic on the weekends not so much during the week and because of my my schedule it's a retail schedule i'm usually off during the week so i don't see as much so that that's good but the trails here are going to have different degrees of length and difficulty just to talk about my personal route my favorite trail that i hike here is called dante and dante is about four-ish miles in one direction. So I know that when I go to Dante, the trail, I take it all the way to the Upper Purgatory and back. So I usually get about eight, eight and a half 
miles on average. There are a lot of side trails that I like to do as well to kind of add to that. But one of the cool things about Dante is just the path that it takes. You're going to go through a lot of different scenic changes. You're going to go under the kind of under Wonderworld Road, which is pretty interesting. And they've done a lot of work under the bridge to kind of make it more festive, if you will. The last time I was there, so it's about two weeks ago now, they added some gravel and made a little bit more of a uh, a set pathway which is really cool because typically it was just you knew which direction you had to go but it was just dirt and so they've really been spending time with beautification projects for for purgatory so that's really good to see because smga is a nonprofit, and a lot of the people that work on the trail are volunteer based so they definitely have been doing a lot of work when they can they're they're trying to maintain their social distancing as well so just a quick note there is a trail here that is ada accessible so just keep that in mind if if you know anyone that would appreciate that but dante kind of rips around the green space that's here and there because of the growth of san marcus there are some sections that are just neighborhood new houses that are going up that are really close to the park. But there's only one section of Dante's trail that I feel like you really even notice while you're hiking. Otherwise you're kind of right in the middle of a lot of trees. And it's very typical of central Texas trails. You're going to get a lot of chunky rocks. You're going to get a lot of trees and roots and stuff. So when you're here, make sure you're wearing comfortable shoes I don't at Purgatory as much, but at Spring Lake, one of the other bigger trails that are part of the SMGA, I have my trekking poles just in case. There have been a couple times when I felt like I needed them, but for the most part, I think you're going to be okay, but I'd rather have them, not need them, need them, not have them. But Dante rips around there. I think the last time there's like eight or nine different trails that you can take for varying degrees. Not everyone that comes here is here to do the extensive miles. A lot of people that I see just come with their dog, just kind of walk around, and they'll do one of the lower circles on the lower purgatory part. There's this section here called the Bowl, and that's one of the pretty neat drainage sections of this nature area. If you've ever seen, um, what's that movie, Garden State? That movie Garden State with the guy from Scrubs. And towards the end of that movie, they're, they, uh, if you've seen it, then you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, then go watch it, but I don't want to spoil it. But basically, he meets up with this guy who is basically security for this quarry. And so he lives at the bottom of this quarry. So the the bowl isn't quite that extensive, but it is pretty neat because the sewage pipe or water pipe comes out of the dam that's here and it just kind of opens up into this huge bowl of crushed concrete. And of course, over time, there's been the utes that have gone and uh, vandalized, but nothing, I mean, there's some actually pretty decent art and it's not on trees or anything. It's on the cement sections of the bowl. So, you know, I can appreciate some good graffiti 
if it's at least on something that's not really damaging any of the the natural space. So there's the dam that's there, which is pretty cool. You don't really have any access to it like you would like in Canyon Lake, uh, but it does help to have a good uh, indicator as far as where you're at in the park. So you're going to loop around Dante. One of the other parts that I really like is there is an overlook on the Dante Trail. And even in San Marcos, the overlook is pretty extensive. It's about, I'd say, like 300 feet above ground. And it's... I will say, if you don't know it's there, you miss it. Because there aren't any signs. The one time that I think a cairn would be helpful if somebody would build a stack to let people know that if you go left, you're going to hit the uh, random Dante overlook. And normally I just walk by it, but last time when I was there, I, I stopped because I was trying to shoot video, which I actually can't use because I took the wrong lens and it was shaky. But it's a really neat spot and it's kind of unexpected because it's pretty flat. And then, like I said, there's upper and lower purgatory. So you are kind of walking up at that point and you come to that section and you're just like whoa that that's high up so that's pretty neat and at this point it's just a lot of trees and a lot of rocks there are this park is notorious for snakes so that's something to keep in mind but if you leave them alone uh you should be pretty good i've only seen a couple non-venomous but there is at the spring lake natural area there is a little rattlesnake den that was signed off so so that's fun but be on the lookout for that. Uh, Dante's going to cruise around and then you're going to kind of get to more of an opening, more of a meadow type situation. And then Dante and Paraiso are, Paraiso is a trail that's been here for a while, but the last time I was there, they, they did a lot to it. I was really, I got to the trail I was like, what is this? And I thought it was a new trail, but they just, not quite paved. It just looked like broken limestone or something, just like that white kind of rocky powder that was on the ground. And it looked really smooth, and they had done a lot of leveling to it. And there were a handful of people that were there to run. So it had that kind of a track feel as opposed to like a trail. But there's an intersection from Dante to Paraiso, and one of the points of interest that I really, really admire is called Grandma's Oak. And it's just a really, really old oak tree, and you find them a lot in Texas. When I did the coastal Texas park trip with my daughter, and I talked about that a few episodes back, there was the oak tree park that we saw there and it was really neat so any any opportunity that i have to see a uh, a rad tree i'm going to take and grandma's oak is always a good indicator that you're close to the end of your hike for the day so if you're on the dante trail or paraiso trail you'll be able to see grandma's oak and then it kind of just loops around and then you get to the other entrance and there's the parking lot in the trailhead there so overall the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance, the SMGA, Purgatory Natural Area is really fun. It's a fun hike. This will be kind of a series of the three different parks to talk about. I might loop the other two together because Shoal Canyon's kind of small. 
but there's a lot to see here. The restrooms that are here are porta potty, and there aren't really any amenities along the trail. So you're going to need to bring your own water. The shade is pretty reasonable in the summer. It's still going to get pretty hot hot because in some of those sections where the meadow opens up, you're going to get a lot of bright views. There is this slope that's here. It's not really a cave. It looks just like a, a water cut out from the wall, but that's pretty neat to see because you kind of just walk up to it and you're like, oh, hey. It reminded me a lot of the grotto at Lost Maples, but not as not as fancy. But like I said, there's a lot of different trails here, so you can do a full day like I did. There's a second park section that has a couple different fun little key sections here. So if you're on Dante and you go north of the Wonder World instead of going straight, they have this cool sundial that's there. It's the sundial of the god or something. Some some cool little installation that's there and it's a separate little loop so if i want to get to like nine or ten miles i can just add that separate loop it's uh and that's where virgil's trail is going to be and that's the ada accessible the limbo loop is the loop at this second separate part and that's just under a mile but that's really pretty it goes through some some tree sections that are really dense and um, it's a good kind of a short hike. If you do Dante to this section and then come back, you can still get a pretty good two, three mile hike. But overall, the Purgatory Natural Area, it's a free park. So you just kind of show up. It does get kind of busy on the weekends. So just keep that in mind while we're all still doing our best to be be keep up with our safety measures. The like I said, there's no camping. The parks open from pretty much six in the morning to eleven p.m. There are no campfires, glass containers, so dogs are allowed at Purgatory Natural Area. Just be mindful, keep them on a leash. The park gets kind of rowdy with a lot of visitors, and so make sure your dogs are comfortable with other dogs. You can find out more about the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance on their website. It's www.sm, like San Marcos, smgreenbelt.org. I'll put a link to them in the description. They definitely would appreciate your time and money to help keep them going. They do a lot of great work. And like I said, I'll talk about the other parks that are part of the SMGA in another episode. But until then, thanks. So y'all have definitely heard me talk numerous times about my enjoyment of a good trail runner and just thinking about how many pairs I've gone through or how many pairs I still have. It's a little embarrassing. I have a handful of shoes that I got that I thought I'd like and I didn't, but I wore them enough to not be able to return them. So I bust them out every once in a while for more casual uses. So I'm always looking for a good pair. I got this pair about four months ago. And the reason why I got them is I was I was about to wear out my my favorite pair up, up until that point. It, I was looking for a new pair of trail runners and I heard of this brand called Astral 
and they they seem pretty pretty interesting. They kind of checked off a couple boxes that I was wanting them to do, which was be able to wear while hiking and then be able to get them wet. And astrals are are known as a really good water shoe company. When they first started, they were actually a life jacket company, which is which is pretty interesting. And what happened was is they were working on all these projects in the water and they couldn't really find a a good enough water shoe that they they could wear like in the river or whatever. So in 2012 they just started they 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 started making their own shoes. <laughs> so out of necessity came this expansion of their brand so you just you just never know so they make shoes for men and women and so there there's some a a handful of options but i went with the tr1 and the tr1 is the trail runner they have a couple different trail runner options but this one also had a color that i really liked and the tr1 mesh it's a turbo ventilated ultra light and then they have this proprietary sticky g rubber on their outsoles so according to the website um it's everything you need to move confidently through dry and wet land and so that was definitely something i was looking for and then just to speak to some of the nerdy tech specs a little bit further the uppers are ripstop 2D mesh with TPU overlays at the top and heel cap. This will give a little more protection from any bumps along the way. And they also have drainage holes in the front to release water. The midsole features a top shank to reduce fit fatigue. And on these shoes, there isn't really a huge arch insert on them at all. And then the outsole features that G15. That sticky G rubber, um, the high friction rubber, and then the lugs are five millimeter. And then the weight of the shoes is about 301 grams. And that's going to be in the size, my size, it's the size nine. So yeah, they're, they're definitely really, really lightweight shoes. That mesh on top though, is what I noticed the most when hiking, when I got them it was kind of at the end of summer and it was still really, really hot. And on those first few hikes that I wore them in the heat, you really start to feel that air, that wind going through the top of your shoes, which is a really, really nice little surprise when you're walking and the sun's out and you feel that that air condition going through the top of your feet, even through the merino wool socks, which y'all should be wearing if you're if you're hiking if not you can uh, check out the website and learn more about the uh, best socks that i recommend for hiking so uh, but yeah they're really lightweight they're not a clunky shoe and the only thing though is while they're trail runners kind of compared to what i was wearing before so what i was wearing before was a a, a shoe a trail runner from the north face and Compared to those, I really wish these had a little bit more cushion in the sole. They are kind of flat. And, and you know, I, I, I also have Bedrocks, which are really minimalistic sandals. And, you know, those are fine too. But in a trail runner, I definitely want it to feel more like a sneaker. So that would be kind of my main thing that I would like 
out of them more. And like I said, they have other models of trail runners shoes too. So I might try another pair down the road and do kind of like a side-by-side comparison. Um, And one other thing that this is kind of just a personal gripe, but I don't know if it would bother anybody else, but for me, I really wish that the shoelaces had more grip. For a shoe that's meant to be worn on dry land and in the water, the grip on these, if you just tie your shoes normally, and and I can already hear people say, like, why don't you just double knot them? It's like, no, I get that, but I don't always want to double knot them because then that kind of restricts. There's no give, I feel like. And, and I, but the other side of that is like, I, there's times when I had to like retie my shoe multiple times on a trail and then I'm just kind of forced to do it. So kind of a lame gripe, but the thing is like, I don't have any other regular laced up trail runners that I noticed the same issue with the shoes that I wear now, mostly have the quick lace system so the only thing that you have to deal with that is the the lace attachment piece on the top that you cinch the the lace with getting kind of loose but on a regular shoelace if it's for hiking they're they're just regular shoelaces and don't let that be a deterrent i mean i'm just gonna swap out the laces but just keep that in mind they're not super grippy so that being said the first time that I wore them in water was was not really the best time to wear them, I guess. Um, it was at the LCRA McKinney Ruffs Park, and there is this section of the Riverside Trail where you can kind of go out into the Colorado River. There's all these rocks that you can walk on. And so while they have the G15 sticky rubber, they're not going to be magnets. So just keep in mind that if you're walking on river walks that have a bunch of algae on them, they're still going to be a little slippery. And, uh, you know, just just be careful out there. But the first time I wore them wet wading in the San Marcos River is when these shoes really shined, I felt like. I was able to walk along the riverbed and have a firm, confident grip on the rocks underneath in the San Marcos River. And the water kind of just rushed through the shoe. And even with the drainage, you know, keep in mind that it's meant to drain out the water. So if you do get a little bit of pebbles and stuff in your shoe, you might not be able to have those release as easily. So there was a couple times when I had to shake my foot a little bit or just take my shoe off really quickly so when i'm wet waiting i just wear them barefoot i don't wear socks so it was it was pretty easy for me to just take my shoe off and put it back on and and walking around felt really really comfortable so for now and now that it's warming up a little bit even though san marcus river's on a is fed by a spring so it's technically the same temperature all year but in other locations, I this these will probably be my main river wet wading fishing shoes. They held up so well, and I used to just wear my Chacos with the Vibram grip that you don't really find as much anymore. And with that 
soul, I noticed a lot more slippage walking around. So, because I'm in San Marcos in the river a lot. So that's kind of my my basis for whether or not a shoe is going to do well. Um, but the Astral TR mesh shoes did really, really well in the water. So I'll keep these. If I know I'm going to be kind of out and about, I'll definitely throw them in the back of the car. And if I'm going to be in water, I'll just throw these on. And these will be my water shoes just for casual, even if I'm not fishing, just maybe wearing them while floating. Just to have shoes that you can get wet. They're going to dry really quickly, and then the insole is going to kind of be a deterrent for any kind of fungus, so they're not going to stink, which is always good, especially when you take off your shoes and throw them in the back. They're just not going to get as funky as quickly as some of the other shoes if you're just wearing regular tennis shoes. The price point is on par with a lot of the other good trail runners out there. The TR1s run about $125, and they come in a handful of colors. The color I got is called Storm Navy. It's uh, blue with gray and orange, so I'm a pretty big fan of blue and orange um, for mo- my backpack, my rain jacket. A lot of my gear is blue and orange just to kind of secretly celebrate my my the baseball team that I follow when the baseball season is going so so yeah check out astrals i really like them i like them more for like i said for being in the water than i do for hiking i have moved on to another trail runner shoe for my normal hiking it's just in central texas there's a lot of trails that have a lot of just rocky areas and i just didn't feel that these were as comfortable walking on that kind of terrain than they are on just regular ground just wearing them casually they're really really comfortable the only thing with that rubber outsole on the grip is it's a soft rubber so if you wear them on concrete often they're going to wear out pretty quickly too so but if you spend a lot of time in water or you you wet weight or you need something just to wear it and be confident that you can get them wet and it's not going to be a big deal i definitely recommend these shoes for you i think you're really gonna enjoy them and if you are an owner of the uh of a pair of astrals let me know what you think leave me a comment section if you're listening on a application where you can leave comments otherwise you can just hit me up on the facebook page on the texas trail hit sweet Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. <laughs>